0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
1: Howdy, folks! Happy Thursday! We are out of March, and I know a lot of people hated that month. Uh, and so we're on to April, and. One day closer to the playoffs and one day closer to the trade deadline, 11 days to go until the trade deadline. Um, we'll be ramping up our coverage and uh, we'll be doing our usual trade deadline show on deadline day uh, with a variety of guests. Uh, but we'll start today with the pre show. Go ahead, Russ.
0: Okay. So let's talk about the Francisco Lindor contract and the fact that Anthony would not give me credit because I said 10 years, 340 million. To the owner Stephen Cohen, and it was 3:41. You know the choice word I have for you, Anthony. But that was pretty good. I'm glad I saved the tweet. I had a lot of fun with that last night with, with a lot of different people. Well, no, I, I, I said I said
1: if, I, if, if I'm if,
2: yeah, you first Mike.
1: Go, ahead. Russ hit it on target, but I'm wondering whether he got a. He got a secret source, and that was somebody with the same last name that sort of slipped (laughs) it to him. You know, because they're they're related, fifth, sixth cousins. Clan
2: Cohen, right? Yeah, (laughs) perfectly exact. But again, I'm happy. Listen, at the end of the day, you know, I did tell you it was going to happen. You did. You were right. Of little faith, I told you you it wasn't looking
0: great. It got down to the last hour.
2: It did, but he got it. They got it done. I know. It's kind of like me waiting on. It was like this this, this whole winter of me waiting on Real Muto as a Philly. Yes. Same principle here.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, that's kind of where that went. And if I'm not busting your stones, Russ, what good am I?
0: That's true. So you bust no, that's mine, fair. And that's
2: the way it goes. So that one million was just like, oh, good. I need that little window to tweak them.
0: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> fair. So, but I wanted to talk about opening day in general. Opening day for me is like the greatest day on earth. It beats any sport. It beats anything in my mind because even though it's 50 and raining and Major League Baseball should always start on the West Coast and in domes, yeah. they don't, and in Florida, they don't. But at the end of the day, it does signify that, hey, spring is coming. Baseball is a part of, like, your spring, summer. If you like the sport, it's in the background. It's great. And I've I've got so many great memories. But I'll give you the best one that I have, and it involves the Mets and the Phillies. And that was when Sieber got re-signed by the Mets, and it was him and Carlton opening day. And that was the biggest sellout for about 20-something years until, like, 86. So it wasn't 20-something years, but it was three years. But for many years – no, actually, even through 86, I actually think it was a bigger sellout. You It was until the 90s till the Mets started expanding the stadium and adding more seating. The, the parking was crazy. Like, I didn't get in there until, like, the second inning. Because we had to walk, like, literally half a mile to get in there. That's But that matchup was great. I've shown pictures, like Seaver against Rose. Seaver, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Luke Sisk actually didn't screw up that game, so that was fun. But Seaver-Carlton was always a matchup that I enjoyed all through my childhood. And I got one more go at it. And I'm sure Anthony probably felt like, hey, you know what? if he watched it if you watched it i'm not sure but it was it was a cool moment so what the year was that 83 83
2: so probably not at that point cuz i wasn't okay. a really 100 a i was as a look i was 7 years old and i wasn't quite getting into sports as much until probably around 85 86
1: okay so, so. Yeah, I'll give you quickly two uh one going
0: to give two cuz you can't ever give no, one.
1: No, 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 actually one one. I'll give you qu- one quick opening day memory and that was a few years ago when the Yankees opened in Toronto against the Blue Jays and I went to the game and because I was up in Toronto because there was a uh, uh, a puck talks event there and I was going I think I was going to be part of the part of the crew. Uh and I so I went to the game in in the uh in the morning and the afternoon and at the time I had a temporary crown on one of my
0: teeth. Oh, I remember this one. This is
1: and I you know, obviously it was I had to eat everything on the one side of my mouth because obviously this temporary crown was made of like plaster or something like that. It's just to keep the post in place or whatever. And I would been in there for like a week and I was successfully had been able to, you know, do the, avoid any contact. Well, I bought a order of chicken fingers and fries at the, at the, uh, what used to be the Sky Dome, what's ro- now Rogers center and uh, I bit into into one and of course shifted over to the side of my mouth with the crown. and the chicken finger must have been the must have been as hard as the friggin hope diamond because it broke the crown in two. So I had I had this, this post hanging out of my mouth or hanging out of my my gum. And, you know and I basically had to I, I got a a stick of gum. I and mean, that would be the
0: new season of The Crown on Netflix. Really, <laughs> there you go. Your bad pun. Okay, uh, and finally, see one more thing.
1: Mind.
0: Just well, to show you, in typical Mets tradition, why we fans have trouble trusting the Mets, Anthony. So after that season of Seaver, he comes back. No. <laughs> <laughs> he has that season '83. Wasn't great because the team wasn't great, but he had some moments in that off season. The Mets didn't protect him in the Rule Five Draft, so the White Sox select him. And for the next three seasons, he goes on to win like fourteen games, fifteen games, fifteen games because they actually had some offense. And that's why we've we met fans have trust issues.
1: Um, last thing here,
2: um, I think I listen. Everybody else is doing their opening day memory, and I'm not getting, apparently you know guys. Yes. no, go on, go. We want yours. yours. Do it. Mine's was '94. Uh, right after the Phillies had gotten to the World Series and. Just, what I remember distinctly about it, we got lucky. We got first baseline. We got seats slightly, and it was closer to the outfield, probably. I mean, it was first base side, sort of right along the outfield. But what I do remember about that game was that was the game where John Cruck came back after he uh, had his uh. lower, after he had.
0: So who was starting? Player. Was it like Mulholland? And he got a hit,
2: and he okay. and was, and, the, and I, I you know I'd been in Veteran State. This is back at the old Veteran Stadium, so yeah. the noise in that oh. stadium when he got that hit. But at his first at bat was like nothing. I as a kid, I had not
0: heard. Oh, that's cool. And was that was, was Terry Mulholland the starter? What's that? Or was, it, was it Mulholland starting that one, or is it showing? No, chilling?
2: I'm not sure. Mulholland. It was somebody. Oh God, who was
0: it? Because I think Mulholland was the best pitcher on the staff. I think part. it probably was Mulholland. Well, yeah, because it wasn't Kurt. Kurt was no, not yet, Kurt.
2: not yet. So I think it was Terry. Yeah, I got to check. I mean, he
0: was I'm a good. Sure. He was a good opening day starter, actually. Yep.
2: So that was the one that for my opening day, I haven't been to many opening days. That was the first, that's the one I can most recently remember. It was senior year of high school too. So. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. In the ultimate troll job, um, Tom Brady on Twitter says with opening day today, I'm excited to announce that we're bringing the Expos back to major league baseball in 2022. Excited to be the first player coach owner in major league baseball history. You know, what day, you know what day it is today, dry. Which, which, dry. which makes everybody act like dry. a complete asshole.
0: Sorry. I mean, honestly, I, this is going back to when Brady was trying to steal Tom Terrific and failed. This is his personality, and people don't realize it because he's always trying to portray the, oh, shucks, I'm a great guy part, but he's got this angle in his personality, oh, too. Yes going right after you know that's, that's oh i'm crazy. sorry he did it i didn't yeah that's true okay yeah, let's it it's
2: open season listen we know the man's got a little bit got, got bored with a little bit of a mean streak in him but you know okay i'm not going to take the greatest level of offense to it the way the two of you are so that's fine
0: <laughs> let's start the show you know he cheated a super bowl from your team but that's okay
1: got revenge yeah, that, that means he we still, still won that, still, that means he still won six fair and square wow. uh Hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, April first, twenty twenty-one. I'm Anthony Mijoni from All the Post Radio.
0: Yes, I am aware that Tom Brady was drafted by the Expos. Randy Workman, stop trying to work this. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and I'm Michael Ajello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on
1: HockeyBuzz.com. Let's we'll start with now. The Buffalo Sabers won a game. That is not an April Fool's joke. They won six to one over the Philadelphia Flyers last night. So let's get that out of the way, Anthony. Um, <laughs> when will when will when will Elaine Vigneault be fired? He's not. I don't know. I
2: know. He's, <laughs> go, he's not going to be. It's the question I got last night. I'm like, he's not getting fired. No. And I'm gonna. I'll hold to this at this point. Now is the fact that things are probably for people who are expecting massive changes. I'm not sure on that front. At least not in season. I, I just right. I think, in season is the keyword. He's not going He's in the second year of his contract here with the Flyers. After one, after having a very pretty successful first season, he's not getting canned. Um, and I'm going to go back to the point of certain members of this Flyers core have been through I've been through a few coaches at this point. I think yeah. at this point now there'd be far more consideration about changing the player personnel than there would be about the coach. Of course.
0: Yeah. Now, it, and that's the big thing. Hold on. So that's the big thing though, right? Because because Fletcher has really not done a good job changing the personnel since last summer. He still has time to do it now. He's got to do it. I mean, there's no way they could even exist. But question the question is the
2: degree of the change and how much of an effect that change will have.
0: Well, right. You have to do something. Are. If he does nothing, it will look incredibly bad for Chuck we Fletcher. Need to expect, but again,
2: team. but you will also need to take a look as well as the at, at the deadline in total for everyone. Sure. And see no, what no, happens no. Before we can k- sort of make that final statement, we know no, no, that no, no.
1: totally. Has- fair. Well, okay. Th- this is what I this is what I found laughable, in spite of the fact that you know, obviously they fell behind three nothing and then came back to win four to three in game one of the of, of the set a couple days ago, and Vino scratches Gosta Spear, scratches Nolan Patrick, scratches Lindbaum. You won the game. But, but he knew we, that we, we know
2: the reason, but again, the factors were given there, Mike, in terms of this is the first you, you consider the two players. Limblom recently, you know, recently returned this season. Cancer, ribs been removed, all that. Right. Patrick recently removed. Uh you know the Patrick, of course, as well, recently returned as well. First opportunity. Both players kind of, in their estimation, this is where kind of the sports science, I think, kicks in a little bit. They saw this as they needed to sit. They 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 wanted to get these guys some level of rest, right. right? And I think that I again, when it was explained that way, plus the cap ramification angle on on Goss despair, I understood it at least in that moment that they were going to exactly. have the opportunity to rest them.
0: Right? That's good. And it, wasn't, it wasn't the most convincing of wins, anyhow. So it's not like you That's know nice. they, could, they could sit on that and say, hey, we really. Took right, it to the Sabres. Exactly.
2: You had you had forty minutes. They played 40 minutes, forty minutes of a of a you know of terrible hockey, non almost look not completely like disinterested.
0: I'll yeah, tell you so what I found yeah. So post game, I watched all the interviews, right? Except for Justin Braun, I turned him off. No offense to Justin Braun, but I was done with them. I watched all the post games, and <laughs> the guy, no, no, I don't mean him personally. I was I done. Know, with him. I, know, I know, I know. Because okay. these guys had the thousand mile stare. And you other than one Sean of the better Couturier,
2: quotes of the evening, you missed that one.
0: Well, whatever. But Sean Couturier was the only one who was honest enough to say how the team, what they weren't doing. Everybody else was like, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I mean,
2: considering the players, they you know. know. You have Travis Kennedy yeah. who again has, for the most part, known success for most of his young career. He's a young player who I think is just. Completely lost right now in in this. He has to be a contributing factor, though. He least. is a contributing
0: factor, and he should have said that. That's the issue. Is a lot of these guys. That's why Couturier said what he but then, said.
2: But because we a lot know of these
0: that, guys aren't doing that. But we also know
2: at this point that many of these questions have been asked.
3: Yeah,
0: they've been. How they many different have.
2: ways you're going to answer basically the same way when you're trying yeah. to, when you're, you know? And listen, I mean, it was a. I will say this: that I thought the first half of the game. The Flyers were competitive, especially when it was still – That's fair. It was a competitive game. There was, you know, definitely they, they were winning – I think they yet it was, it was equal on board battles. They weren't getting yeah. beaten, beaten as badly as they were the previous night on board battles. But after they fell behind 4-1, after that fourth goal, you could literally see the air go out. Like at
0: that point, yeah. they, they they did stop skating. At that the, biggest, the biggest thing though, and this is a testament to the Sabres is – they're a faster team than the Flyers, and it shows. And guys like Middlestat and Darlene, when they were actually playing on their game, Skinner and Hall, when they yeah. actually look good, they were skating circles at times. The Sabers have been a fast
3: team for a couple years. You know, they've been a fast team for a couple years, and they're and they're you know they look they. They look fast in and Philly. And, and, really and so. At the
2: end of the day, what, what good has it done them so far? No, I know.
3: Well, no, no question about it. No question about it. But I'm just saying they're, that they're good
1: speed. at skating back to the locker room after they've lost. Brian
2: Benning. I'll say this as well. Brian Benning was a, was, was skated like the wind
3: back in the day. You know. Yeah, no speed is not speed, is not speed is not. I guess speed is not their issue. I mean, I think that I I, I can't see any way that. Vino survives that game last night. When I'm watching it, just want to throw that out there. I, I know that people are going to say he's going to be fine, but in my opinion, I, it, it, now maybe I'm just he
0: doesn't maybe I'm have like personnel. It's not his fault. There's no. It's not him I'm personnel. not. It doesn't. Not
3: it doesn't matter. Like this is like if you know, it. You know, obviously we're not in Ed Snyder era anymore. Okay, so I, I was, but you know, growing up around this team, knowing Ed Snyder really well, getting to know him super well towards the end of his life, just like, there is no. Way if Ed Sniders here, that Vino and maybe Fletcher survived last night. Like that's well,
0: there's no T right Rex behind you either, but it looks like you're in Jurassic Park. It's a different era.
3: It's a different era, but there you know, it, it's a, it, it's amazing to me that like you know, you have like so many people gone from that era that it worries me about the flyers, you know, like it really worries me.
2: Like there's this, there's I would this also thing. counter that I can say you're coming off the previous season where they looked pretty good. Yeah. COVID definitely plays a part in this as yes. well. Yes.
3: Yes, they so, did. But I think
2: there would have to be a little bit. I don't think. I know it would be very quick trigger. Well, after And now, if this was now, here's my ear. Now, if this was year three and you have one year where they were successful in this year and then yeah. next year, if this was occurring next year, I'd absolutely be on board with you and saying, yeah. the grand scheme of things now, Things seem to be lost.
1: Yeah, first of all, I'm I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the brontosaurus to walk by and nibble on that tree.
3: I know. I I, I'm like I I, this is a I it's a bizarre situation I'm in because I'm here helping helping our in laws who are like in their 80s. It's a beautiful place to be. Moss in the middle of trade deadline. So it's crazy. I'm getting calls like nuts right now. So.
1: Well, let me, let me just let me, let me just say this about it cuz we I don't know if we we're going to spend a lot of time on this. The flyer situation in my mind and I'm talking with Russ a lot on this and talking with Anthony on off the post. Uh, this team is overdue for a core blowup. Yep. It, it's like you you've you've got and the thing is I don't know how Chuck I mean, can not do it though. Right, that's the thing. They're either going to have to buy out Voracek, or gi- or give Seattle something really significant to take Voracek off their roster, or you know, or trade trade Giroux. I think Giroux still effective, but he might be tradable because he's only got a year left in his contract. There's got to be something made, and they sort of have to move on to the new core group, the guys like Farabee and me and I mean yeah. uh, Katurier is still part of that. Katuri is still part of that. No, it's, they happen. Happen. it's like the it's
3: the late twenties guys that, that you need to that you need to count on now. You know, that's like to me it's like the the right. mid to late twenties. That's where you're looking at. That that's where every team that's where every team's real meat is right now. And if you're and right now, this team's players that are doing the best and they're counting on the most tend to be like I've said before, like thirties and early twenties. So like they need to get the late the late twenty guys. It's it's gotta it, you know, it's gotta be those it's gotta be Kouturier who's mid twenties, but you know. He's the next captain. He's, he's no, he should, oh, either him or Provorov. Is next captain, I, I think Provorov has a shot at being the next captain too. But I think that both of those guys, I, I would put Couturier captain now. I would probably say Couturier
2: at this point. I mean, I, I would yeah. probably yeah. say in this, if you're looking at the leadership structure, Provorov's probably be, it be would it would probably be Couturier, Provorov, Hayes probably as the other. Yeah, I think
3: captain. that's I think that's that's what that
1: would be the Yeah.
3: I think that's going to be, although Hayes has been has been very disappointing since the early in the season. You know, he's yeah. really has, has been like he. I mean, considering how yeah, strong lost. he was, he how lost. strong he was last year in the playoffs, um, and then and this Flyers team last year, you know, I, people, everybody says, "Why I say why I saw Savino is should be gone." It's not just the fact that you know the team has struggled, but it's the fact that like, how, yes, they looked good in the playoffs last year, but that was a and they looked great at the end of the year going into the playoffs, which is a huge. There's a huge three month gap in there, four month gap in there. So it's hard to really put those things together, you know. But I think I, I don't see any way that the way they went out in the playoffs too with just being out coached and I, yes they were outclassed by the Islanders, but they were just out coached every which way and they've been out coached every which way this year.
1: I mean, act the the thing is though, if you say say for example they fire Vino, then all you do and all you've done is give a pass to the players who have failed again. That's, that's all you're doing. It's like I don't think this is on Dino. I think this is on the group that has been assembled there. And it's on the general manager because, again, and I don't know how many times I have to say it, he missed the ball when Niskanen retired and he signs an offense-only guy who couldn't play defense and his life depended on it, and Eric Gustafson, instead of going out and trading for or signing a veteran defenseman to play with Provorov.
3: Who was out there? Who was out there, Mike? Really, legitimately? I
1: like, I, I, suggest, I suggest Ron Hansey at thirty nine is better than Eric Gustafson. They were they
2: were going to bring in Ron Hansey to play in your top. No, you're gonna I gonna mean Ron it, for tops. That you're looking. You're again if you're trying to find you know, somewhat of a replacement in this circumstance. Yes. The market this summer was not that. I mean, it just wasn't there going into,
0: you know. Really we would have had to have made a big trade. We had two big events. And, yeah. and it didn't
2: work. And then right.
0: also, again,
2: there was a calculation that, you know, based off of the step forwards that both Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers had made, uh, especially in that series against Montreal, how good they were in that Montreal series, Um, that they were they were they they wanted to see if they could take the, the step forward. And San, I'm at the I would say at the beginning of this season had been making a pretty good step forward. And then when COVID hit, yeah. things seemed to fall off the cliff for a lot of these guys, Phil as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, it- Again, the guys they were counting on to make that step forward to maybe step into those roles and have learned those lessons
1: didn't ha- Hasn't happened. One one interesting stat from yesterday's game on the saber on the saber side. Uh, Allmark gets the win, and he's played good since coming back from the injury. They are over five hundred. The Sabres are over 500 6 6-5-3 with Allmark in goal, and he has a 9 a nine seventeen or 9-18 percentage, which for a terrible defensive team like Buffalo is fantastic. They're 1-18-2 with Carter Hutton or Tokarski <laughs> or Johansson in goal. The rest. And and Olmark is a UFA, and if you think Olmark is signing in Buffalo unless he gets overpaid, you're nuts. So I, I, I honestly, I would put him on. I would put him on the on the. No, tr- I I, I thought wheelchair. about
3: it. I thought about it for the uh for the deadline, but I, I also think that you know the one thing that the the one thing that keeps him in, in Buffalo is you know how many teams are going to say you're the starter you know like there's not that many teams as a goalie that matters to the least you know there's not many teams they're going to say they're going to hand in the starting job
1: no but but i think he's good enough act that people see what he's done in buffalo with a bad team in front of him, and they say okay we need it you know we need a goaltender this guy with us with our defense which is better is going to be carolina. for sure carolina
0: Carolina. For sure, but
3: Caroline Carolina is, is Carolina is still in love with Mrazek, which is, is ridiculous. And they, they also are There's
0: no has, there. Yeah,
3: and Carolina's defense and, and Carolina loves their their kid too, so that's their guy. In the now,
0: now speaking
1: of goaltenders, I wanted to touch on this. Uh, yesterday, after the show, it was announced Thatcher Demko signs a five-year, twenty-five million-dollar contract. Yeah. Now, Russ, this is a fantastic deal. Yep. because he's getting paid. This is like he's middle of the pack. He's 14, 15, 16, something like that in the league in terms of goaltenders, in terms of salary. But the way he played in the last month or so is the way he played in the bubble. He's not a middle of the pack
0: goalie. He's better than that. No, I mean, you have to look at his whole package. I mean, what he's done before the league and and what he's doing now and – there's a little bit of risk. There's always a little bit of risk, but this is one of the better contracts the Canucks have signed in like the last two, three years. They've had, they have some, obviously he's had some horrible contracts, but this is one of their better ones because yeah, they've learned something here. They're like, okay, look, we lost a really good goalie, so let's let's lock him up. Let's not lock him up too long, but let's give him security that he's looking for, and let's give us security until he gets to like thirty years old, and then we'll all see where we're at at that point. And you know what? Good move for Vancouver. Yeah,
1: now, right. now they have two. Of their, the big the, the big two challenges is getting Hughes and getting Petterson signed. But I, I heard somebody yesterday and I I think it's I think it's pretty accurate. Coming off an injury plagued year with Petterson, and you know, I mean Hughes is having a good year, but with the pandemic and with revenues uh limited and the cap staying at 815 one five. It's likely that these guys sign bridge deals, that they sign two, three-year bridge deals because I don't know if Vancouver is going to be
0: in the position to sign. If it does happen, it will bite Vancouver in the end, though. They should do everything they can to not have that happen, especially for two players because once you start doing the two-player thing, you end up losing one somewhere along the line. And so I would do my best. To still, I would still pay them top of the market value. I wouldn't care if they're having an off year or not. You know what Pedersen is capable of, and he's not at the top of his game yet. He's still got a way to go. And you know what Hughes is, and when he gets better defensively, he'll even be better. And he was good defensively in other areas. So, like, when he played at Michigan and he played with the NTVP, he just has to get be better defensively for the NHL. It's, it's going to be the same jump like Cam York will have to make. Yeah, He has all the other things handled, but he has to play better defensively and a little more physically at times, too. That's – you've got to pay these guys top of the market or you will eventually lose them.
3: Yeah, yeah. Who is? What is the sound that we're getting, Mike?
0: It's Anthony's uh, cell. Uh, it, okay, cool. There's a little crack. Yeah,
3: maybe
1: there. my cell again from my car. I'm getting
3: a bit of a stat. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So they're fine, I'm Just making sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. No problem. No problem at all. Um, all right. So um, I want to talk briefly um, because I may have to run in in a little bit here. Yep. Getting uh, getting lots of calls, and texts, and things like that. Plus I have like fun family things happening. Um, so Matt um, care started to about this morning. Here, see if I get a bit cool, cool, cool. Yeah, mute mute Anthony for now. Yep. Just, um, until we figure, right. Um so yeah so so Matt Kirsten today signed signs with the Panthers um the mm-hmm. him last night this is a player that quite a few teams were interested in um, yeah
0: I mean North Dakota produces defensemen
3: they do they do they do and, and this known is, for that. you know and Florida has some good young defensemen they needed this they needed a, needed another one um, and it's a good college. It's like your typical college, like middle road guy that I think that you can really. And yeah, that's into. what it is.
0: You know what it is. I, like, like I, have games still on my DVR. I've watched some North Dakota for the last few years, but when you have guys like Sanderson and Bernard Docker, the really top flight guys that North Dakota gets, they overshadow guys like this. So, he yeah, he's good. He is a good puck mover. He is a good skater. You do have to see what he's going to do on his own. But again, you're signing up to an ELC. It's a no lose here.
1: Yeah, right. and you mentioned Bernard Docker. He just signed his ELC with that with Ottawa too. So right, a lot. of think you're going to
3: see a lot of these in the next couple of days. Um, and you, so, and I mean,
1: new, new Hook signed with Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Spencer Knight signed with uh, with Florida. There uh, Florida, it was yeah. another. There was another prominent one that okay, I'm York,
0: obviously. I'm York, York, yeah. So, I'll tell you what the thing is. I think players are rushing to sign now because of everything that happened with COVID. It really did muck up the works for colleges. Yeah. And because there's still, like, this little question in everybody's mind what's going to happen next year as far as attendance with colleges and still would the Ivies stay out of it one more year? Like, you don't know, right, right. until they right. actually stay are back in it. That is precipitating and speeding up the signing process for a lot of these guys.
3: It is. It is. And I, th- I think, you know, I mean, with a, with a guy like you – know, with Kirsten, what I was basically told is here's a guy who has, like, the, uh, you know, they really, they really, there's a guy you can really trust, you know, and, and that they're looking for that yeah. solid. I mean.
0: No, I he's think- solid. There's no question he's solid. And, and like I said, that is a defenseman factory. It really is. But the no, problem is. is, like I said, you get so mesmerized with Bernard Docker and Sanderson that guys like this do tend to fade yeah. into the woodwork there. But, yeah, he'll do something, and he has a chance to be an NHL for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and obviously the Spencer Knight signing too, like you talked about, Mike, which is like an interesting one given the situation in Florida.
0: Well, we'll go to the AHL this year, so this year there's no problem. This
3: year there's this no year problem, problem. but looking forward, problem. forward, if you're Spencer yeah. Knight,
0: now I
1: haven't, I haven't seen. I think Anthony was, was going to say something. Go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. And I think, and again, what do we know about
2: goaltending? Is that things do change? You know, it, it, whatever yeah. the scenarios in Florida right now, in a year or two, may not be. And Knight may find himself on a pathway. The starting
1: so now, the one thing I haven't seen with a lot of the the, the college players is whether they've signed years and they're burning the first year um, of ELC, um, which you can do. And I would think guys like York and Knight and are, are new Hook are doing that so they get close oh. RFA. But I, oh. I I haven't seen the contract details yet. I'll be no, I haven't either to see what what uh, what happened. And, yeah, Ferren signed with the Predators, and yeah, brought- Ferren's is but, another big one. Yeah, right, right, right.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, the college college hockey puts out a lot of you guys. I think you're definitely right about the COVID thing, Russ, as far as that's, that's bringing some of them out quicker um, and out, out to make you know make sure that they get something done here. Um, I don't know if we're going to see – I mean, we talked about Caulfield. We'll probably see Caulfield in the NHL this year. I don't know if we'll see any of these other guys in the NHL this year. Um, that we you might see
0: him
2: for a game. If the Flyers I fall out see, of it, you might see York. This is what I'll see. But, again, if we're depending on where Philadelphia is at – you might see a few games for York towards the end of the season right. if if they are really out of it and if yeah. York is coming along pretty well with the Phantoms.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely makes – the Phantoms an interesting team to go watch now because if – They're know, good.
2: You're, they're having – I think there's well, a the problem on, awesome. on that Phantoms team right now. They're really yeah. clicking very well. Yeah, Forster they're
3: clicking. With, they're a good team. Risen, it's a great situation. Forster. to yeah. yeah, it's a great situation for York to go to because, you know, he comes into that situation now, you know, can go to a team that's that's winning there with a good vibe going on there and everything that's happening there yep. Um that that's a much better situation for him to grow and develop in obviously it's not that so, much
2: different than the Rochester Buffalo situation really in many ways yeah. you have young players you have to ask yourself if they if the if the situation on the team is not good yeah from a mental standpoint what are you throwing them in immediately for
1: well there's no there's no way the one thing that the Sabers won't do this year is bring up Uka Lukanen because uh, I mean they signed Michael Hauser, a veteran guy who I think is like 29 or 30 years old, to an a- to and an, an NHL contract just to pre- just to have a body to prevent Lukinen from yeah. having to come up. It makes no yeah. sense for him to be on the taxi squad. He needs to play just like Joseph Wall and Ian Scott in Toronto. These are goaltenders who haven't played. One hasn't played in two years. Another one hasn't played in a year. They need to play games. These, these, these players at the AHL level, I, I don't know how much development has
0: been robbed from them because, they, because of goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's probably to been ball. some. I mean, a week ago when we were talking about everything that was going on when Kruger got fired, I mentioned to Mike, hey, on the show, they should bring up Stephen Fogarty. He's not a big-time goal scorer. Like yesterday was a right. nice game for him. But he is a guy that plays around the net, and he's physical, and he's big. And so at this point, that's the kind of guy you've got to see for a, a certain amount of games with the Sabres to see what you have in them because he's never really gotten a chance with any organization he's been with. Those are the kinds of guys I want to know. Like yesterday, I saw the speed through the neutral zone at a Casey Middlestat. I saw him more confident when he was making some great passes. So for the people that want to say busts, you have to stop. There's a lot of yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot, not,
3: you cannot not, judge young players. Not,
1: and, and, and honestly, you cannot, you cannot judge almost every player on the Sabres because of the, the slip shot uh, yeah. uh, management. and Not management, but their, their coach. I, I can't blame Kevin, Kevin Adams for the what disaster that sure. has happened so far. But but the, the coaching, Ralph Krueger was – was the Rex Ryan of the Buffalo Sabres. He was propped propped up to be this big, successful coach, and he was a frigging unmitigated disaster. Based on what Kevin Allen told
0: us, he's Ted Lasso. And if you don't know what that (laughs) is, go look up. The series, but he really great, runs. great, great, great Horror show. a reverse Ted Lasso
1: in this
3: case. <laughs> great show, great show. I get to run, guys. I get right.
0: we'll, we'll, we'll handle the rest of it. Actually. Keep Bye. an eye out
3: on the rumor chart. It's going to be updated in the next two hours and uh, and everything's going to be happening. And then
0: we'll be back again tomorrow. Okay. There was one more guy, Mark. Uh, Mike. Randy uh, mentioned Young Kuznetsov. I did a whole report on him right. for EP last year before the draft. And I, I said I thought he'd be a, a second or a third rounder. He, he's a a russian defenseman who skates well who has offensive ability yeah. but he is raw and you know he was playing for yukon and so this is the kind of guy that definitely needs the ahl for a couple years two at least two years sure. to kind of get the skating right to get the tempo right right but there's a lot of raw ability there so that that guy i actually think has some good upside there so yeah. you know okay. now
1: um Anthony yesterday we talked about Connor McDavid getting getting fined $5,000 for probably something that another player would have been suspended for <laughs> game for Not according to Edmonton media though. Oh of course. Oh of course, of course not. not. Yes but uh last night <laughs> I don't know if it's like I don't know if there's something in the water when it comes to star players but uh Nathan McKinnon went banana hammock yeah, and just, mind again more like
2: more like throwing coconuts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: With the, uh, with uh, the uh, grabbing Conor Garland's helmet and throwing it at him, I never knew that Conor Garland was that annoying of a player. Now the thing was earlier in the game he got he got rocked by I think Alice Golagoski. so things were out of hand in that game. But yeah. I mean, okay, I, like hey. I. I'm all for, for star players sticking up for themselves, but then if they go overboard and do that, that's when I think they you penalize the regular players. I think because you play these teams,
2: and again, as much as the NHL wanted to hype up the whole you know regional league setup of this year, you don't necessarily There's still a, a, a spread out of games. And I think you get to know the players on the other team even better and not in a good way. And they do one little thing that really annoys the hell out of you. And there's more of a chance that that player that you don't normally would see snap goes and snaps. And I really think that's what's 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 occurred here in both of these circumstances that McDavid got a burr under his saddle over some over that over, you know, uh, with uh, with Coach Codecadiemi about something. What it is, I'm not sure. But Garland. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it struck me as being just
0: these teams are sick of seeing
2: each other. <laughs> and right. Playing, and the only thing I'll say is I watched some of this game.
0: Over it. I watched some of this game, and Arizona looked like a JV team compared to Colorado, mm-hmm. and I think that's what caused all these problems. Is Colorado's was just beating them into the ground offensively. It didn't matter who was in net, right? They didn't have Kemper, so they went with Aiden Hill. Aiden, 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 a, Hill. Aiden Hill is not an NHL goalie. Provitov or Prostolev I forget, because there's a couple different Russian goalies. He looked pretty good. For a guy that got thrown in cold, but of course he gave up a goal right away. That team is in trouble. For as long as Kempner's out, they are in trouble. They're probably not making the playoffs. They're probably going to have to sell again. It's the same old story for their fans. Well, the only thing that's keeping them in the
1: playoff race for us is that St. Louis is doing as bad as they are. I mean, they're only they're only a
0: point. now but I mean St. Louis will get it together to some degree. They
1: will. I, well, I would think so, but you know, can Bill Armstrong go out and sell Garland or sell Goligoski, Demers, and Yarmelson when you're one point out of the playoffs? He'll wait, he'll wait
0: until uh, April 12th.
2: And at, that's the thing. That's you know. what comes down with a lot of these trades. We're all sort of yes. waiting on bated breath here, when we expect them to happen sooner. They're probably not. They're going to wait to the last second, especially a team like Arizona.
1: Well, that's okay, that's supposedly what the the, the talk yesterday, Darren Drager was r- r- talking about the Taylor Hall and uh, um, you know, the pursuit of Taylor Hall that the phone is ringing off the hook for Kevin Adams. but that essentially he's probably going to wait until, the eighth ninth tenth of April like a day or two three at most behind uh, before the deadline to make that move the only thing I'd be concerned about and you know, and I can't remember who brought this up I think, oh I think it was Elliot Friedman or no Pierre LeBrun brought it up whether the Sabers will sit Hall out because they you know if they lose him if he gets injured that their return is I mean
0: it's gone so I mean again it's a horrible thing to do. For your other teammates to watch this guy sit on the bench because you don't want yeah. him to get hurt, he can't do it. And I think
2: they might. I think maybe you see him sit a game or two right before yeah. the twelfth. Yeah, that's when you, would you see can do sit, But not until then. No, not, not until, until, until then.
0: then.
2: Yeah, it's not like the NBA with Andre, like, like with with the Cavaliers and Andre Drummond. And right. look, like what honestly happened with Drummond? He already had. He's already have having some injury concerns already with the Lakers.
0: Yeah. Because
2: probably he sat mm-hmm. out for so darn long. Right that, you know, now that he's back in game action, this is a concern. So I think that's that's kind of a warning sign that if you're going to sit a guy out, make sure it's not for long, longer than one or two games if you are trying to protect the asset.
1: Right. Now, a couple a couple other games last night. Um, Cal Peterson with 40 saves and a 4-2 win over uh, Vegas. I'll tell you, Russ, you look at Quick and he looks pedestrian. You look at Peterson yeah. and he looks like a starter. And yeah. I don't know why – I mean, I understand the respect that the organization has for Quick because he won them two Stanley Cups, but the better goalie is
0: Peterson right well, now. I mean, they just don't want to overload Peterson. I mean, again, I, yeah. I had the pleasure of seeing him in a region, East Regionals or some other regional, you know, the NCAAs, all kinds of regionals, but really in high-pressure situations, and he really looked good to me. So I knew he was going to be a terrific NHL goalie. I, I don't know – how the Sabres let him slip through their fingers, unless he really didn't want to play for him. But I don't know if they ever offered him a contract. They may not have. Right. All that all that said, I'll tell you what else I wanted to highlight in that game. I wanted to hi- highlight Leas Anderson who scored his second goal because he, at the end of the period, was fist bumping, everybody going into the locker room, and that's the Leas Anderson that I know. The Leah Anderson that happened in New York was a guy that got rushed to the league, yeah. had trouble adjusting, and really didn't get any help from the organization while he was having that trouble adjusting. He goes to the Kings, who are known to really take their time with guys and and handle a lot of things differently than sometimes than other teams, and now we're getting some results out of Leah Anderson. And, look, I don't expect him to be a superstar. He was never going to be that. He was just a guy that played hard-nosed hockey, that would get you some goals because around the net he's pretty good. You know what? Good for the Kings. They're getting mileage out of him.
1: Yeah, the, the Leah Anderson that we know, the, the one that cares, is the one that threw the silver medal into the crowd in Buffalo, right. not the one that was sort of going through the motions
0: in New York because he thought he was getting screwed. He's enjoying hockey again, and yeah. I was really happy to see that.
1: Yes. Um, the other game last night was the three of uh, Leafs beating uh, Winnipeg 3-1. to one. Uh, Jack Campbell with 26 saves. Russ, the thing I notice about Campbell more than – and, you know, when Anderson is on, he's like this, but Campbell – is very efficient. He doesn't give up lots of rebounds. He he sort of yeah. engulfs the puck. I mean, right. there were there were instances last night when they when the Leafs were up two goals in the third period, and you had two guys standing on the door waiting for the rebound, and Campbell didn't give up anything. And that is always a bit, you know, the efficiency of not giving up those second chances. With you know that 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 is a, a key for a
0: player. When Campbell's right mentally, he has a, like an economy of movement for sure. And he also uh, really can make a team feel very confident because when he is right, he doesn't care that guys are crashing the net. He's one of those goalies where that doesn't really bother him. You know, I, I heard this a couple times last night, and they told good goalies can do this. I don't know why announcers are amazed that when there's a maze of players in the front that a goalie can make a glove save. it's not that he could see the puck he is the goalie is guessing based on whether, whether the way the setup is where the puck's going to come from and hoping he is going to be in that area and that's how guys can do it and and really honestly Campbell has always been good at tracking the puck yeah and that's another thing and so Anderson is capable of making the greater save than than Campbell but Campbell makes the ones you're supposed to make at this point in his career, and look, it took him a while, and sometimes it takes a goalie until 25, 26 to really start getting it right, like Devin Dubnik. Like it does happen. It's yeah. not. It's not unheard. Of. So I think I think there's something there, but also I felt like the Kerfoot goal was a tremendous goal. Like that's yeah. one where he is like, don't count me out for my playing for my job or or playing time because. He made that was a good statement goal for him to kind of keep his job.
1: Yeah, I, well, I, I think he's an effective player and he's playing right now, he's playing with Spets and Thornton and there were, you there were, you know and this was a shorthanded goal so it, it was a
0: shorthand. he really showed off his speed but he would always play the PK Yes, at Harvard,
1: and and he was always good at it. And he didn't he didn't play PK for Colorado, and when and and one of the first things that the Leafs did is decide to uh, use, use him on the PK. Now, one thing, and we'll get off the Leafs here after this. One thing that is a concern. I mean, obviously, you know, Campbell being able to follow up and play. The next game is, is a concern, and, and there's supposed to be an update on Anderson uh, today regarding his his status. But the Leafs' power play, which was operating at almost a 40% clip at the beginning of the year, is 0 for its last 22. I know things are cyclical, and I know teams adjust. And then, but this, is, this is the thing, Russ, I, I came up to, the, you know, one thing, teams are jumping on, uh, once they get into the zone and they enter the zone, they're jumping on either Marner or Matthews right away oh. allowing allow them to dish the puck. But I think you see here the effect of Morgan Riley, who does not have a great shot at the point. He's a great distributor of the puck. If you notice the PK, they're not on top at the point. They're, they don't respect his shot. They're basically right. daring him to shoot, and they're yeah. waiting for him to pass.
0: Well, based on everybody else who's on that power play, he is the guy that you're willing to let shoot because they have so many snipers on it. I'll tell you what Marner has done the last couple of games that I've watched that I feel like he's been better, and this is why I actually put him when we did this um, – we did our mid-season awards – for um ep ringside i put marner in there for the heart and the reason i did was i always felt like he was a winger that could drive play right mostly you hear centers driving play but i always felt like it but now he is like getting close and getting around the crease area where he is a threat to score (laughs) and then dishing it the last minute so he makes the goal he have to really decide now is mitch marner going to shoot and score because he can do it obviously or is he and i feel like he's getting. More goalies to bite on the fact that he might shoot now, and I think he's driving even more play as a result. Question:
2: Yep, who runs the power play? Uh, which assistant coach runs the power play for the uh Leafs?
1: Uh, I believe it's Manny Malhotra. Malhotra runs it, okay. That's, yeah,
2: uh, I'm wondering whether or not, again, I wonder whether or not because I, I wasn't aware what because when I see a low to high, when I see low to high working, yeah, I'm thinking Dave Haxtall, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I, yeah. I just want to clarify, at least I have that clarification, yeah, but from I'm what saying, I understand.
1: From what I understand, Hackstall is primarily working with the defense and the penalty mm-hmm. killing, and 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 uh,
0: Malhotra works with the forwards and the power play. Got it. one thing about Malhotra buddy, that you should look for for the Leafs, but you don't get in the locker room right now. None of us do. Malhotra used to skate barefoot. He was one of those guys that actually, wow. yeah, he he would he go barefoot sure. into the into it, the ice it, skates. I, I kind of wonder bad. if anybody on the Leafs has done that.
1: Wow! Yeah, I know their I know their face their face off percentage has gotten significantly better. Stark
0: on face off. Matthews, Matthews, a, Matthews bad is, bad.
1: is winning at like fifty three percent. Spetz I think is over. I think he's 56 57, well, fifty six or fifty seven. Especially good, at now, right? He yeah. So good
0: at now. But I, I, um, the one thing, the one thing I, that's that, that do you want to give credit, credit for, is, God, he's improving. And
1: I've had that. Yeah, no, and you know what? Honestly. He doesn't. He wants to continue to play. He loves. He loves what he's doing. They're giving. Oh, we lost Russ there for a second. Uh, we. He loves what he's doing. He's thirty-seven years old. He still can skate. He's still really fast, Anthony Spezza. Mm-hmm. Um, He still can score um he's he's really still an effective player and they're playing him 10 11 minutes a night and he's content with that and he loves being on the team he I think he I think he will sign a league minimum deal for another two or three years just to stay in Toronto his family's from there and he I loves guess. to play and that's and that's oh great God. that's what they and need you
2: can probably also once we get into the postseason you may see a little uptick. if he's playing well you yes. may see an uptick on that he's got yeah. that. And he won't have the mileage that he normally would have had say when he was in Dallas or, or in prior stops.
1: Now, uh, a couple things. And then one, we'll, then on we'll the show, um, they canceled the or postponed, excuse me, Calgary and Vancouver last night when they already had one positive, and Adam Goddett, and then apparently a second player and somebody of the coaching staff was also also uh, di- diagnosed, or at least they were on the the list. They I don't know if they are positive, but they were on the 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 COVID protocol list. So we don't know whether um, this is a situation that's going to repeat what happened with Montreal where they shut them down for over a week. But if they shut down Vancouver for over a week, that's going to have ramifications for like everybody in the North division. In terms scheduling. Of- it's going to throw scheduling out of whack. For yeah. Sure. I mean, already, already right now they're saying that Edmonton and Montreal to make up those games are going to be playing games. The last two days, I think it was the 10th and 11th of May. And then, and then like the playoffs start like the 13th. So, Um, you know, they have everything scheduled, but that, you know, I I still think they're, I think it's a long shot that they're going to have, you know, like win uh, win percentage or, or, uh, points percentage. But you may have teams miss a couple games. And if Vancouver misses games,
0: they're out of the, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to, that's the last case, worst case scenario. They're going to try everything they can to not do that. Now, uh, just, uh,
1: like I said, Drager was, uh, Talking
0: about can we mention the uh the Blackhawks game for a minute? Go ahead. The Canes right now, they've been getting great offensive effort from like Netches and Dougie Hamilton's having this great year. By the way, I guess it doesn't matter that Dougie Hamilton doesn't hang out with his teammates or go to the library or or goes to the library rather than going out to the bar because it's COVID and nobody seems to talk about that anymore. That's nice. But they do only have three or four guys that really they can count on for sustained offense. And that game, they were shooting a lot of shots, but not a lot of offense. Mike and then didn't have to work overly hard. And the Blackhawks only shot 16 shots because Caroline is playing this suffocating defense that they definitely could play. <clears throat> they don't have the personnel for it. But you could see a scenario where, with their goaltending, if all of a sudden their offense, this happens to the best of teams, best – if their offense dries up even a little bit at, at the worst time in the playoffs, they're going to get eliminated, even though they're a good team. You could just see it.
1: You want to know something? I it was because I was using the NHL uh, app to look up the look up the scores. They didn't have Carolina Chicago on the app. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I honestly, I cannot.
0: I cannot believe that they didn't. I will tell you this: Vetchnikov is is struggling now. He has ten goals. But, but he's struggling a bit, and they've got to get him back on track because that's a, a big part of their offense. But look, their defense is great. Nadjovicovic had a good game, but I am worried that they're gonna overuse him. I am so worried about that. Yeah, and, and the, the Anthony, the
1: last team that you would think that would want to trade a goaltender would be Carolina because they've got three goalies, and I think the only one that I would have any confidence going into just because he's a clean slate is Nadjalkovic. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about trade I mean, and I'm assuming they're talking about trading Morazic or Reimer to clear cap space to make some other move. Otherwise, it makes no sense
2: doesn't make any sense at all at the moment especially you know considering what the situations are yeah
0: doesn't make any sense at all now, by way, way, yeah. the way thing about Nijelkovic, uh he's 25 and so like he is another one of those guys that's hitting this, this maybe hitting
2: is that sweet spot period of time now Yeah. His career yeah
0: He's yep. coming. Up,
1: he's coming up at the same same age that Bennington came up when when St. Louis went on their run. And they uh, played him a lot in the minors, and they did it the right way. That's how you do it. Yeah, he won a Calder Cup with uh, with with Charlotte. So, um, but uh, just getting back to to the trade rumors, possibly, um, you know, Paul, we we said that that's probably going to wait until late. Um, Drager was reporting that the Sabers are getting calls on Ristolainen and mm-hmm. on Reinhardt. Now Reinhardt is one year away from unrestricted free agency. He's an RFA. I think it is, I think the one year deal he signed was like five point two. He's not, he, and he's having his usual Reinhardt year. He's you know going to average out to around 20, 25 goals. Um, he, he'd love to play the Flyers every game. I mean. well, he, his agent needs to keep him in the East just for that reason, <laughs> right? Um. Uh 1st delaney lanein's got another year left in his contract. Yep. Big number um, though.
2: I mean that's, that's Yeah, 5. 5, 5 5 I think
1: 575. Yeah. But this is the thing Anthony, this team the way they're going right now, I don't think they can risk treating anybody who's got term or anybody who's retainable Prefer
2: not. To. We know that from the report that you know they would rather not
1: deal well, but, the,
2: but, the, but,
1: but the reason for that is, is that I don't know whether they can convince free agents to come to Buffalo, even if they overpay them. So you can't let go guys. They we're
2: hoping the fight. Hall signing would be like maybe a little bit of a thing that, that they got on a little bit of a run this year, that maybe they could start doing that. And instead, everything is blown up in their face and Hall's
1: pretty much ready to check out. Yeah. All right, uh, good show, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with another. Actually, one. I'll
0: answer a question on here. Mike Go um, ahead. Hunter asked: um, The athletic had big changes in the draft line, ranking. You know, Gunther moving up four spots. Like I said, he's a big, strong guy with a great shot. the The question is: Will that shot keep going in as he keeps moving up the ladder? And so that's where you have to. I think there's a limit. This is just me as to how high you really want to put him in the draft, because. I get it. He looks like that guy right now. He, he's got a lot of points. What is it? Eighteen points in in nine games. But I do think you have to sort of balance it out. This is the first, the second. This is the second year of him, him doing this, and I don't see. And he is young. I get it. He's another one of those guys that's young for the draft, so the upside is there. But I don't know. I just. I need to see more. It's the same. It's the same as Arthur Kaliev. Arthur Kaliev is a goal scorer. They've got to do more than goal scoring. I don't know if Gunther does a lot more than goal scoring. So that's my my hesitancy with that. And also, we should wish Mike a happy birthday on the show because you happy know. Happy birthday, Michael.
1: That's one. Like I said, one year closer to death. <laughs> We try. I mean, we try. We make try. This a joyous moment. My my birthday is something that I, I I don't look forward to, and I'm glad when it's. It's like the holidays. I don't look forward to it, and I'm glad when they're passed. So F you know, I'm I'm going to celebrate today by going to a sports bar and hopefully watching the Yankees kick the Blue Jays' ass. But that's not even guaranteed because I don't know what the weather is like in rough, New
2: York City. Rooting against your, your Buffalo Blue Jays again.
1: Yeah, well hey, the one the one good thing is if the if the Blue Jays come to Buffalo, I may may actually be able to go to a Yankees game this year because they I think it's ten to twenty percent are
2: they I thought they were down in Dunedin. They're
1: starting in Dunedin, but if they but after a while I think they're gonna move to Buffalo because Dunedin Dunedin only has it has very limited seating, so they they'd have a chance with twenty percent seating to have like four thousand people uh, paying major league prices to go to games in Buffalo, whereas you know you're
0: probably having a couple
1: hundred down in Dunedin. So
0: we'll see. I I did want to clarify one thing with Gunther. He does play defense. It's not that there's other things in the game though that I feel like he has to get better at. Mike, give us one bad birthday memory that made you not like your birthday so much. Um, the fact that I was born at
1: 11.58, and I told my mother many a time, couldn't you have just held on for two more minutes so I was born on April the 2nd? <laughs> for Anthony Mangione, for Russ Cohen, for the departed Eklund, I'm Michael Ajello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it